Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. As we were proclaiming the Passion Narrative, I had like a muscle memory happen. As you know, we didn't go to church every Sunday growing up, my dad being Jewish, and uh, my mom, I think, a little embarrassed that the family wasn't what she thought it was supposed to be, so we didn't go a lot, but I had a muscle memory of being a kid listening to that passion narrative and thinking it was at least two days long. (laughs) And so up there thinking, my gosh, it doesn't feel as long as you get older. So uh, if it felt long to you, just know I remember those days very well. The church's teachings for Good Friday for what the priest is supposed to preach on begins with a little preamble that says the priest can preach a brief homily. So uh, you can thank the church for being wise, right? And so I will try to honor and be obedient the best I can to the church today. Before we go on, if you remember last year, there was no Good Friday, at least in the church, for all of you. The priests celebrated in very awkward ways, alone in empty churches, looking out at a camera with empty pews. What was hard for you was very weird for us. And this year, we're able to celebrate it back together, thanks be to God. But just so today can flow well, I want to let you know about some diocesan protocols for venerating the cross so that we can continue to pray well. Due to the protocols, what will happen is Deacon Dave in a little bit will bring the cross forward, as is tradition. But then the priest will venerate the cross in the sanctuary. And after the liturgy, we'll have the cross set up. If anyone would like to bow or have some quiet prayer time, you're most welcome. But during the liturgy, in order to keep everything as, and I guess a Jewish way you could say kosher, uh, in order to keep everything uh, above board and in compliance, we're going to do it very simply during the liturgy. But please know, and I am asking that when you exit the church, you would do so with silence. So those who want to stay and meditate and pray would have that opportunity to do so. So just to kind of manage expectations the best we can. Into the somewhat brief homily. Jesus dies on the cross and the soldier pierces his side with a lance and blood and water pour out. Blood and water pour out. And this simple line is actually the source of thousands of years of reflection, theology, spirituality for the church. In fact, this is what's called the breviary or the liturgy of the hours. The Pope, the cardinals, the bishops, priests, deacon, nuns, religious, many lay people pray this daily. And in the first hour of it, it's called the office of readings. And there's always Psalms we're praying, but The final reading is from a saint or theologian that the church, through the Holy Spirit, has lifted up out of the tradition and said, we want you to meditate on these words for this day. Which means whoever that saint or theologian is, really important. And it means that when God reveals something, we don't always know what it means. So when the church lifts up a specific saint to say they're articulating it the right way, we really want to lean in to say, boy, out of everything everyone has said for 2,000 years, 
this one saint really must grasp something of the mystery in such a way that we want to lean in. It's from St. John Chrysostom today. He was around about the same time of St. Basil the Great. And St. John Chrysostom writes two pages, small book, two pages. And in two pages, he mentions the word blood 16 times. I know that because on Good Friday, where we're living simple lives, I had the time to count it. He mentions blood. Blood is gross. Your blood and my blood only exits our body with pain. Other people's blood is, well, at least for me, the reason to look away and walk away for any reason possible. Blood is the thing that oozes out when you eat meat. It's the thing that's shed when something's life is being drained from it. We are so anesthetized in the 21st century. We go to Heinen's or Mark or Giant Eagle and our chicken is wrapped perfectly in saran wrap. All the fat's cut out. It looks nice. But blood was drained out of an animal so that we could eat. And John Chrysostom begins by saying, the blood of animals was asked for by God so that the Israelites, the Jewish men and women, might know peace. They would know they forgiven. They are know they are welcomed back by God. He says, what could the blood of a beast ever do for the human soul that's been haughty and rebellious? He says, the blood of the animals was a sign of the Lord's blood that would come many years later. And these Israelites, these chosen people by God, they took blood and they literally dipped branches in bowls of blood and sprinkled it on their homes. How about that better housekeeping? Blood dripping down. And if you're wondering how many times is he going to mention blood today, it's a lot. So buckle up. Blood dripping down their doorposts. And they were told that by doing this, the angel of everlasting death and destruction would pass over. And so they did it and they were spared. As time went on, they would have what was known as the unblemished lamb, which they would slaughter and eat due to the prescriptions of God. Blood shed for us, gross, weird. Oh, come on, Father. For the Israelite people, thanks be to God. And as John Chrysostom continues, he gets to the point that the most important blood ever shed was Jesus on the cross. He's pierced and blood and water flows forth from his side. And for 2,000 years, we have believed no other source This is the source. The fluids pouring out of Jesus' dead body is the source of baptism and the Eucharist, which is to say the church is born of the side of Jesus. Father John's going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow night, so I'll put a pin in that. So this morning I'm meditating on blood and thinking about all of these things. And 
I remembered that the gospel of John that we heard today, that John wrote letters in the later part of the Bible. And in one of the letters, he's conveying to the early Christians, our salvation, our redemption, our healing, our forgiveness, our truth, our good news came, and he says this, through water and the blood. And he continues, not water alone, but water and the blood. Why are we so obsessed? Why are we so weird? Pope Benedict XVI says, first this is to show that Jesus intended more than just baptism. He wanted his followers, those who would bear the name of Christian, to have the memorial blood in their midst, meaning the Eucharist. But he goes on to say, in the 20th and 21st century, we tend to fall in love with ideas, dreams, and abstractions. We like the silver bullet idea. You ever got a problem in your, in your company or problem in your family? What's the one thing that's going to save it? What does a just world look like? What does loving everyone look like? What is God like? We love abstractions, ideas, justice, love, God took on flesh and bled for us. Our God, our faith is not in ideas or some weird spiritual world. Our faith is in physical, tangible things. We see, taste, and drink our God. We hear God's voice. We smell incense. Our faith is that physical, that tangible. Pope Benedict says this is what that means is that the early Christians needed reminders that God is concrete. He chose to enter in and to communicate to us through the body of Jesus Christ on the cross and the fluids pouring out of his body. God created us, man and woman, and called us to be one flesh and said, that's the image of me in the world. When our first parents messed it up with original sin, he took on flesh. The word became flesh. At the Last Supper last night, he said, this is my body given up for you. The fluids pouring out of his body are the stream of the sacraments of his body and blood, the Eucharist. And when men and women eat and drink his body and blood, St. Paul in the scriptures said they are granted a redemption of the body. And for those who respond with faith and they grow in this way of life, they have the hope of the resurrection of the body. The body and all of its weirdness as man and woman. The body and all of its concreteness of the Eucharist. The body and the bloody mess on the cross on Good Friday. Our faith is tied up with the body. We know how important the body is. Little babies can die if they aren't touched and held. True fact. They need to be held and touched. Some body has to touch their body. When in prison, the worst form of punishment is solitary confinement, to be separated from every body. 
and be alone because we need bodies. When we gather together, we are transformed by the Eucharist, which is the body of Christ. We are transformed and deepened into the body of Christ. Like Father Dave yesterday, I've spent this last year reflecting a lot on, I think it was originally called COVID-19, and then we got into the coronavirus, and then people just call it Rona now, I hear. Sounds like an aunt coming to visit you, Aunt Rona. She can go home, by the way. <laughs> the coronavirus is one thing, right? It's a virus. It's taken a lot of lives. It's wreaked havoc in so many ways. But the protocols and things to be kept safe are another. The built-in message, while the protocols have been necessary and have helped, so please don't email me. They've been necessary. They've helped. Hear that. Hear that, please. Because it's going to be a busy couple days. I won't get to your email for a while. While they've been necessary and helped, they have communicated one simple message. My body and your body are dangerous and bad. And so, in order not to hurt anybody, we've removed ourselves from everybody. And suicide, depression, and addiction are at an all-time high because we just want to know we're somebody. And all the masks, lacking hugs, lacking meals, lacking birthdays, celebrations, parties, festivities, times to be together and be human, we have lost the good news that God loves us so much that he let us think about it. No, God loved us so much, he sent his son to die on the cross and shed his blood so we could come together as a people of God and rejoice. The body is a vehicle of all of the grace, truth, mercy, hope, and healing of Jesus Christ. It comes to us through his body, the church, by way of the sacraments and enters and touches our bodies so we can bring his body to everybody. And so I'm going to say it once in maybe the weirdest way in 2,000 years it's ever been said. Our salvation rises and falls based on the bodily fluid of a first century Palestinian man dying by Roman execution. Either his body changes everything, or we are all nobody. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.